Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'll be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, Captain Dennis, and uh, a special guest this week as part of the Just Plane Radio crew. Mean Dude has uh, joined us to give me some grief. Because that's just what he does, uh, which kind of, you know, uh, goes back to his moniker of Mean Dude, or call sign, I should say. Is that right, Mean Dude? Is that your Always call sign? Always got to give you grief. Well, okay. Always. At least uh, on Just Plain Radio. Whether he uses it in the airplane, probably not. It's just there. He's just here to bust my balls uh, because I won't get my flight, uh, you know. Well, that's why we're all here, isn't it? Yeah, well, good point. Uh, you, you learn from my mistakes, and you don't want to be me. Uh, because it hurts after being beat up constantly weekend after week out. But eventually it will happen. But anyway, welcome aboard regardless as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So the first thing up is we got the new Terminator movie coming out. And I do wonder if this is a sign because I get this press release from Airbus saying that they're having the ra- robots make their airplanes now. You saw this, right, Dennis? I did. Uh, it sounds like they're, they've got some automated, uh, you know, assembly of some of the fuselage jigs and laser positioning to make sure they're drilling in the right spots. And, you know, basically taking a lot of the manual labor out of some of the big structural assemblies. Yeah. So Skynet controls this is, is that what it's safe to assume or what? I don't know. I'm uh, not looking forward to our future. If that's the case, (laughs) I've seen one too many dystopian movies. Well, we can uh, trust them to build our aircraft. Uh, but once they are able to do that, they can take over the world, I guess. I don't know. Do you have any concerns Self, about they that? They can self-replicate, right? Yeah. What about that mean, dude? Do you have any concerns about robots making our aircraft, these commercial liners like that? No? Yes? At this at this point, all I can say is I welcome our new robotic overlords, I suppose. <laughs> Hello, Dave. There, yeah, I mean, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, anyway, it, it's uh, creepy and cool. At the same time, maybe appropriate for Halloween. I don't know. But the robots uh, have already been put into effect, and uh, Airbus is using them. Where Where is that? Is it in France? Is that what I saw? In Toulouse, yeah, in their, in their main assembly plant there. Yeah. But, I mean, this really shouldn't come as a big surprise to us. I mean, the auto industry has been doing this for years. I mean, most of the cars are robotically welded, and, so, and airplanes had typically been hand-assembled uh, all along, and so... They're just finally getting the, the technology to the point that they feel that they can safely automate those tasks and let the humans do the things that we do better, you know, fine, manipulative little things instead of a large, bulk, repetitive assembly. Right. Well, I knew this was coming because on the last cruise ship I was on, they had a uh, they had two robotic arms that were making the drinks. They had like a bionic bar on this cruise ship, and, and you'd order like sex on the beach in the the arms go crazy and they they mix your drink for you and they make a pretty good um sex on the beach blue martini you know yeah, but how's the dialogue with the bartender when you're telling him about your life story and how it's so tragic i'm like hey siri can i have sex on the beach right away greg you know no there was no talking actually now that you think about it, it would be pretty lonely at the bar with a bionic uh robot mixer but you know i should have seen it coming the next thing is they're they're going to be building 
you know, they're well, they're already building the aircraft. So, you know, like I said, uh, Terminator 3 or 4, whatever's coming out, a preview of the future. You could be scared to death or you could think, hey, this technology is kind of cool. Uh, we'll have to wait and see where uh, uh, where the dust settles. I mean, you know, it, once again, one of my roles here on Just Plain Radio is, uh, or maybe excuses, is just to wait for the robots to start flying the aircraft for me, and then I don't have to learn squat. But that's no well, fun. Well, you've already got that part down. Well, I, I mean, you know, I'm well on my way, right? You're seven years into a student pilot's No, license. we're not counting. We're not counting years. Yeah. Do we get a robotic host for Just Plain Radio after that? Mm, good point. <laughs> Welcome to Just Plain Radio. I am Greg Gurr, first mate, along with Captain Dennis. You know, you, you got something different. there. <laughs> Probably more people would listen, I'm sure. All right. So anyway, that's one thing. Uh, the other uh, little news nugget that we came across in the last week or so, you know, with all the news of them closing down airports across the country and uh, trying to retake, you know, take over that land and turn it into condos like they uh, you know, trying to shut them down there in Santa Monica and places like that. We actually have some positive news of a new airport uh, being opened. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. In Williston, North Dakota, of all places, out in the oil patch, uh, apparently the, the existing Williston uh, International Airport was uh, really not meeting the needs of that area, uh, and they basically decided to build a whole new airport to replace the old field. Hmm. Uh, the old airport, the pavement was deteriorating over the years and apparently uh, had some issues with uh, like a 75 foot slope on the main runway. And it was just a lot of things that were limiting the type uh, and frequency of planes that could get in there. And so they decided to build a completely new airport. So uh, I believe it was November 10th was the uh, opening first flight into that airport. Okay. So, so quite uh, an improvement. just next week. They're going to open up that airport. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. October 10th. Oh, it's October 10th. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, it's already open now. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, what was it that they needed to improve though? Longer run runway so they could bring in bigger uh, planes or did they get well, that specific or not? They said part of it was uh, the fact that there was a 75 or a 90 foot elevation difference from one end of the runway to the other. Hmm. And so that would limit that limited it. Um, also, the size of the runway uh, was kind of restricting it to mainly like 50 seat airplanes. Now they're going to be able to get in, you know, larger airliners like 757s and things like that. And they're hoping to be able to generate more uh, recreational type uh, flying instead of just strictly business flying, which had been happening previously, you know, it was more or less workers flying in and out of the oil patch. And mm -hmm. now they hope to be able to get uh, connections to Denver and Chicago and other places to with, uh, you know, maybe spirit or allegiant or some of these for some of the recreational um, destinations for those oil workers and the other people that live in the, in that part of the oil patch. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, we just had a, an update on, uh, let's see the air, Air, uh, let's see, Ormond Beach, I believe, in Florida. I th I want to say that. Yeah, yeah, Ormond Beach, Daytona area. Their airport is getting a longer runway so they can uh, accommodate larger aircraft, uh, bring down some of the sound and stuff in the area from the local neighborhood and and stuff for the, for the same reason. But they, but they got some kind of grants from the FAA or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it came out of the airport improvement funds. Yeah, that's what I, I read was. that yeah. too. Um, a thousand foot extension on the runway, and where they positioned it was such that 
they're they're hoping to, to move the sound footprint of those airliners taking off to an area that doesn't directly affect the neighborhood. So they they moved like the start of the runway a thousand feet back so that these airplanes are accelerating not in the middle of a neighborhood and climbing out you know higher once they do get to the houses. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a really interesting use of uh, a runway extension. Me, me too. I would have, you know, you would think they would try to use that kind of sales pitch in Santa Monica before all, you know, all hell broke loose out there. But they don't have space to extend a runway out there, unfortunately. So they went the other way and just decided to shut it down because of noise and and everything else. Uh, the local neighborhood didn't like the uh, airport. But there, yeah, there's another reason to go out in the, uh, you know, less populated areas. Move to Florida. Where, where the other one, the the new airport was South. Where did you say it was again? North? Willis, it's Williston, South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota. Okay, so there you go. You could fly out there, and and uh, who knows that would that be pretty? It'd be a cool place to stop. I mean, they got to put in a restaurant too. Uh, you oh, I'm sure there. they've got that in the lounge and all of the all the amenities that everybody's looking for nowadays. Hundred dollar hamburger, cappuccino machine for schmoes like me. And uh, Starbucks, things. at least two or three, right? Well, it doesn't even have to be Starbucks because they'll charge for that. But they should have one of those big fancy cappuccino machines that the local FBO will let you take for free for landing. Well, that they might have up. at the FBO, but this is, a, I mean, this is the commercial terminal we're talking about. It's got to have at least two Starbucks. Well, right? okay. Okay. They could do that, I guess. I don't know. But uh, but it's good. I mean, that, that's a good sign. The economy is buzzing and uh, we're seeing some improvements. Uh, overall, I think, from that standpoint, that are filtering down to the aviation industry. We could all agree that's a good thing, right? Mean dude, even you. You'd be a happy dude uh, seeing that kind I'm, of thing, aren't you? I'm down with airports opening, Greg. That's right. for sure. Yeah, more airports, to- more places to go, more places to land if we uh, so need to. <laughs> it's uh, it's always good to have uh, more runways than less. And Absolutely. I, I think uh, as pilots, we can all agree on that even if you're a pilot like me that is constantly in training the more airports i can land on the safer i'll feel and the less chance i'll have to land on your roof or something when i start my training back up or something right no comment from either one of you really no it was maybe a 360 on short final oh yeah here we go again no we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about other things Uh, Delta, they're benefiting with more passengers. But do they have enough pilots to fly these passengers around? We're going to dive into that next right here on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. We'll take this plane, for example. This 80-ton chub of metal, seat cushions, and Bloody Mary mix has no right to be soaring through the sky, but along comes Newton explains something about the airflow over the wing, creating an uplift, none of which makes a lick of sense, but you got 82 passengers back there who believe it so fiercely. The plane continues its journey safely. And what's keeping us aloft? Faith or Newton? If the plane goes down, damn, I remember where the love was found. If the plane goes down, damn. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor co-pilot, Captain Dennis, and uh, the mean dude joining us for... Uh, today's navigation through the latest aviation news and information all right so delta airlines they're benefiting from a you know a positive uh, economy as well and had posted record numbers for the summer for uh for passengers i believe is that right dennis is that what they said yeah it looks like well record profits uh higher than expected passenger counts lower jet fuel all of that combined to to make a much better financial picture for them Okay. Uh, however, Good on if him. we ever needed an excuse to uh, get your pilot's license and become a commercial pilot, one of the things that was called out in the same article uh, is the fact that they their pilots had to fly a record amount of overtime. I saw this other article talking about the latest stats on uh, pilots, and we know there is a pilot shortage that uh, the airlines have been very concerned about. They've been uh, calling attention uh, to this for some time. You know, the minimum hours you needed – uh, to become a commercial pilot have went up a little bit. That's created some issues for the pilot shortage. But also what we're finding, which I, I didn't realize this was happening as, as much, but the the age of commercial pilots is uh, has been getting uh, has been going up as well. So a bunch of them are getting ready to age out 
you know, like the well, baby they changed boomers. The rule. Yeah. Well, exactly. They changed the rule a few years ago. It used to be age 60 was mandatory retirement. They bumped it up to 65 and there doesn't seem to be any traction to change that number. And so you're right. The Vietnam era pilots, the baby boomers, they're all approaching retirement and there's not enough people backfilling that. Yeah. Uh, the flight schools are going gangbusters right now. My son is having a, a difficult time getting flight time because every plane that they have in their fleet is booked and they can't buy more because all of the manufacturers are booked. Piper's got a several year backlog. Cessna's in the same situation. So it, it's great, but it's also not great because we got to train these pilots and we need to have the resources to do it. Well, you know, in your son Austin's situation, he's entering, you know, the workforce of pilots, but unfortunately that number is not matched the number of people that are retiring at the older age, older age of the uh, spectrum there. So it hadn't quite caught up to the number of, of uh, retirees from uh, flying aircraft. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess, how that pans out. But, you know, it's a, um, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a great job market if you want to get into it. And may, maybe even if you're, you know, thinking about a midlife kind of career change and you say in your thirties or something, this might be Even a good in way. Fifties, believe it or not, um, airlines are. Uh, I've seen a number of articles and people I've talked to have said, "Yeah, we've had pilots in their uh, late fifties and sixties come to fly for the airlines because <laughs> right now, the, even if you can fly for five years, it still helps fill that gap." Well, it, there's know? that, and you know, you're well on your way. Who knows? You might even take that career path at some point. You think there, Dennis? No, it's kind of hard to. You know, I've I've been in this career. Uh, pretty much my entire life. And I've got a good job, solid job with a, with benefits and the risk of going into the unknown of a new job and a new career. Eh, it's kind of scary, but on the other hand, you know, it would be, it is a dream. I would love to be able to fly an airliner ever since I was in the air force flying in the back of a 737 as a navigator student. Mm. I always wanted to be able to be up front and start a jet engine and fly an airliner. So who knows? Things you can never, happen. Anything can happen. Change. That's right. And, you know, we have some doors open up to us here at Just Plain Radio. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll have Dennis uh, walk through that. What about you, Mean Dude? You've ever had any uh, inclination to enter the workforce in that capacity, or you're just uh, out there to fly uh, GA and have fun? I think I'm more of the uh, GA and have fun kind of person. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility, those pilots. And that, that'd be the thing that turned me off. You know, not that I, you know, I mean, heck, I haven't even got my private pilot certificate. So the odds of me becoming a commercial um, pilot, probably not likely. Yeah, let's see. Seven years, still a student pilot. Age 65, year, yeah, 10 years left. No, that's not going to happen. Well, you know, one can dream. But yeah, it's not a dream I really have. Like I said, it's too much. You got to wear a suit. You'd actually have to work, Greg, <laughs> more than one hour a week. Well, okay, just three. We got to count scuba radio, and I, you, know, you, you have to go. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. You know, no, that that just. And then you be. got the guys like me. Did we land or were we shot down as you walk out the plane? Yeah, that's what you would say. No, I'm sure that there's smart Alex who greet the pilots that you know and trying to grade the landings. And I've never said know, that. Hey. I've never done that. Usually, that's what people say when they ride in the right seat with me. Yeah, they are constantly badgering you, saying I could do better. Is that what you're saying, mean dude? Const- really? Hmm. Constantly. I've always had people ask me, is it a landing or is it a controlled crash? <laughs> okay. Do we get to reuse the plane? 
<laughs> That's all that matters, exactly. right? And it's a landing. Gold star, banana. I thought reusing was a bonus plan. Reward, whatever it takes, yeah. Well, uh, you know, whatever your career path, just know that the airlines are looking for people. So if you want to, you know, take that professional step and make your passion of aviation your profession, man, this couldn't be a, there, there couldn't be a better time. Um, well, and don't and forget, now. it's not just the airlines because the airlines are hoovering up charter pilots. So the charter companies out there that are flying, you know, medical missions and uh, organs and business people around, they're having to replace their pilots as well because they're looking at, you know, these lucrative uh, airline jobs too. And we need mechanics. Those airplanes, we're adding more and more planes to the fleet and they need mechanics to fix them. So anything aviation related right now is a really solid career field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as the drones seem to be, you know, uh, getting into our sector or robots building the planes, uh, it, there doesn't seem to be any kind of uh, concern that, you know, the uh, you know all the pilots or the mechanics or everybody is going to be put out of business. There's just too many people needed, even if with all the robots and stuff. So it's not solving the issue, you think? Nope, not at all. Um, even a drone is going to need to be fixed. You know, the, the motors don't last forever. You're going to need to fix those. Um, Especially if I'm piloting it. Well, right. I was going to say, you know, you could run into the cat and take out a propeller and somebody's got to fix that. Well, you get bonus points for that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just fun. But yeah, I mean, you would have to replace the propellers, get all the cat hair out of there and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a great time to get into the, to, to the industry. So, uh, take it for what it's worth and call up Delta. Who knows? Next thing you know, six months later, you might be captain. So-and-so captain mean dude at the helm with his trusty sidekick, Otto, the inflatable co-pilot. It's either Otto or me. Who would you rather have? Don't answer that. It's a rhetorical question. All right. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. Here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, Captain Dennis, and Mean Dude, rounding out the crew today. All right, so the UK has decided that uh, well, they awarded a grant of like over three million dollars to this company to come up with a hybrid uh, fuel cell slash electric flying vehicle because i guess they they realize the limitations on electric fully electric aircraft are still probably a few years away so the, the what do you think do do we got to go through this phase dennis in your opinion to kind of well, i think it might gap? be i think it'll be a combination of the two i mean battery technology just doesn't have the the duration that we need yet um, and so this might be a, a more sustainable approach, you know, using a hydrogen fuel cell to provide the electricity to run the electric motors um, combined with some batteries on board. Uh, it might be a bridge or it might be a way to get the length, uh, you know, the sustained flight times that we're looking for. And so Zero Avia out of the UK is uh, uh, the recipient of a grant to explore that. So 
We will let's, see uh, what what they uh, produce. But, you know, it might be like, um, you know, uh, transitional technology. I mean, maybe we need to make that jump. I don't know. In the States, though, we don't have that uh, as much hydrogen options. But over there, they do, don't they? Am I mistaken Well, I think we have just as many um, options. I mean, hydrogen is easy to um, refine from seawater with electrolysis. And, uh, you know, the big thing is if you can get the electricity to do it. Um, We also can generate, and I think most of our hydrogen here in the U.S. is actually generated out of uh, natural gas. So, But I thought, don't they have the hydrogen cars over there a little bit more than we do? They're a little ahead of the game in that regard. Maybe a little bit. Europe has got a lot more uh, density problems in some of their city centers with smog and things. So they've been looking at alternate fuel vehicles a little more heavily than we have here in the States. And I think Mm -hmm. they focused much more on fuel cells and we're, you know, more on electric cars and batteries. I would rather just make the total jump to electric, but we may need this transition. We'll see. We will see where it goes, but we'll let them take the lead throughout the $3 million grant, save our money, and then uh, take their technology or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe they'll be willing to share it and save the planet. Hopefully that'll be the case. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis, and the main dude rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information and just talk about flying aircraft. Now, uh, you know, here we are you know, almost towards the end of October, and uh, you know, we're based in Orlando, Florida. I should say I am. Uh, Dennis is in Minnesota. Main dude's in, what, South Carolina or North Carolina? Where are you exactly? North, there, I mean? We're in North Carolina. Okay, okay. So you've got a little bit more time to fly your aircraft before you have to uh, button down for the winter. But Dennis is like next week probably, or it's already happened. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, we've got a big snowstorm that's supposed to be blowing through the Dakotas again. Uh, they've already had a couple of uh, snow flurries, so I'm not looking forward to this time of year. Okay. Well, how many uh, weeks do you think you have left there, main dude? With your aircraft. Maybe. Oh, I fly all through the winter. Oh, you do? I, you I fly all through the winter. We're, it doesn't yeah, snow we're, we're in good. where you're at. Okay. All right. But And you got a, uh, what? it's a Cessna 172 or a 182? What is it? Oh, 172 Alpha. Okay. So you have that. But you, you were telling me during the commercial break that you actually, um, well, they, they did some uh, changes to your local airport there. That uh, yeah, so the la- they weren't an improvement yeah, la- from your perspective or what? <laughs> Well, the last the last time we talked, you know, I'd moved the plane off field because they were doing a repaving job at the uh, at the airport. Okay, and we moved it on over to Greensboro, and they looked after my airplane real well over there. And you know, finally got a chance to bring her home about a month and a half later, and 
found that they had actually moved our displaced threshold. We we now have a deeper yet shorter runway, but I guess there are plans to do some lengthening on the other end of it. Hmm. But for now, we can land larger airplanes there or heavier airplanes, but they, they can't land as long. We're down under under under. I believe it's uh, forty two hundred feet now, forty three hundred feet somewhere in there. So so they shortened your uh, runway and gave the length uh, to like that Ormond Beach air you know airport that we're talking about earlier in the show. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Hey, they're not yeah, they must using have it. it over to them. Yeah, let's just move it down yeah. this way. Okay. But but you don't stop flying at all because what you don't get a lot of snow where you are in North Carolina or do you at all? We get we get snow, but they're pretty good. We usually have the runway shoveled out. Air, airport management's great. They typically have us out of there within a day, day mm-hmm. and a half. So you don't have to do any winterizing for your 172. I don't do anything as far as winterizing with the 172, the older 0300, and that tends to run a little bit warm anyway. Okay, well, that uh, may play to your advantage then. Now, that is not the case, however, for Captain Dennis, who's up in Minnesota. And uh, have you already started winterizing your aircraft, your Mooney 201 now? Well, I'm not necessarily winterizing it, but I'm getting it uh, ready for the colder season. I mean, we don't stop flying here in Minnesota either. It's just a matter of we need to keep the airplane warm. It's really, really hard on the engines when you start them below about 40 degrees outside. So we have uh, an electric uh, preheat system on the airplane from Tannis that warms the cylinders and the oil. And this year I've added actually some nice uh, cowl plugs that plug up the big holes in the front of the uh, intakes to help keep that heat in there. Hmm. Uh, and then we we put a propeller uh, covers over it because, the believe it or not, the propeller actually acts as a huge heat sink, drawing all of that heat that we're trying to put in the engine back out so by putting a blanket over the prop blades really helps uh, keep the engine warm and toasty while it's sitting in the hangar ready for the next flight well how many times you plan to just get it out of there and fly down south for the well, winter come on if it was my choice it would be one time one time <laughs> right about now we'd go and move south and stay there right uh, but, but unfortunately still- i still got kids in high school and things like that so we have family obligations but it sure would be tempting to, to snowbird it and relocate. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I could use a flight down to the Caribbean or no, something. Me too. Let's go. Good Lord, let's go. Uh, mean dude, what about you? Are you going to be uh, doing any winter flying? And, I mean, it, it, does, it doesn't get like cold like up in Minnesota and North Carolina, but it gets uh, chilly. And you want to get out of Dodge, I would imagine, don't you, and, and fly your craft down that way? Or are you just flying for business all the time? What do you think? I, I, I'll just continue to putz around with it throughout the winter we'll fly for business we'll fly whenever we need to throughout the winter. whatever excuse you can from. come up with your your game exactly all right exactly. well there, there's that now uh if you had your druthers though dennis what about flying uh i mean wouldn't this be the best time of the year to fly down to florida because now the you know the afternoon summer storms and the you know that we get that billow up here in florida are they're starting to dissipate now and this is uh, prime time for flying between now and, I'd say, eh, February, March. This is like uh, the best time of the year to fly and the in temperature's Florida. perfect. I was going to say, this the is the time of year we don't need ice packs in the back of your plane? Well, is it depends that- on the day. <laughs> you could, uh, but but it is much, much cooler, I will say. You know, uh, we, we're kind of at the end of storm season. So we're still having a few pop-up uh, here and there in Florida. You know, that's it starts to starts to calm down towards the end of September and October. Uh, but, you're, we're, you know, it still varies day to day. But once we get into November, December, I mean, 
That's why everybody up where you guys are comes down to Florida and drives us locals crazy. But there's a reason is because, yeah, the temperature is like, uh, you know, 75, 80 degrees, sunny, calm, beautiful, and, uh, you know, makes it feel good uh, to, to, to be here. But, um, but yeah, this, this would be prime time to be flying right now for sure uh, to get, uh, get down this way. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Grenada, which is uh, far, way farther south. And the one thing I did not anticipate was how warm it was going to be. It was basically like Orlando in August, which is like hell. You want to? You just want to get a little sampling of what the afterlife would be like if you end up going that route. Just come to Orlando in August, and you'll get a, a good taste. But uh, they were experiencing that still farther south, down in Grenada, on one of those Caribbean islands, and. And I was thinking, I was expecting an ocean breeze and that kind of thing. Nope, nope, nope. It was hot. It was miserable. I wish I would have been up in a plane because then I would have forced my own ocean breeze. But it just wasn't happening. It was just very stagnant. Dennis, you ever been tempted to fly that down, uh, fly your aircraft all the way down to Grenada, maybe? Uh, after listening to your trip down there, yes, I was actually looking at Well, just give it, That'd an- be awesome. give it another uh, couple weeks. I think it'll it'll cool off. And by then it'll be nice and and beautiful down there. It was just a little too, you know, too hot. It was uh, still dead of summer down there. You know what I mean? But uh, but you could do an island hop all the way down the chain, and end up in uh, Grenada. And while you're down there, might as well visit South America or something. You think that'd be a I fun? I think that'd be a great trip. I mean, we we talked about that when we were flying into Bimini, and it was just you know pure blue ocean you see nothing and then all of a sudden that island shows up imagine doing that you know for several hours straight hip-hopping over each of these little islands as we go I mean, how fun would that be i mean yeah, blast really. and, and you know uh, grenada as i think we talked about this last week a little bit uh has one of the longest runways in the entire caribbean uh so it's a you know i i didn't go to the airport there actually or wait no one I, of course i did you flew into it. I did. Of course I did. Yeah. I mean, it's actually a pretty big international airport for a Caribbean island like it is. So, you know, it'd be easy to get in and out of. But, you know, Keith was looking at me crazy like, you have any idea how far that is? Well, yeah, it's way past Grenada, you know, like Dominica. It's even, even, even further down the chain of islands than that. But the trick is, is you would just island hop all the way down. And you yeah, just you don't go in straight line over open ocean. You would go from air from island to island or airport to airport amongst those islands. That's just being polite. When you fly over them, that's just plain rude. Wouldn't you agree? Well, and it gives you a lot more options too. Uh, one, you're not over water for as an extended period of time. That way, you're keeping your over water legs much shorter, which is going to be safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got some visual references as well as you fly along, just instead of trusting the GPS, which is highly reliable, but still, it's the the being able to look out the window and see landmarks is off really nice instead of open ocean. Right. You know, when when you think about how close some of these islands are, especially when you get just after you know the Bahamas and stuff, when you start to hit the chain of islands, they're all really close together. They're all short flights. So even like uh, with Ming Dude and his one seventy two, you could do this, but you've never attempted such a thing yourself. At least not yet, right, Ming Dude? I, I have not, but it sounds like you're uh, sniffing for for another free seat for a trip down south. And so I'm going to take that as a, I'm welcome, 
and you're you're going to work on it. <laughs> we'll we'll see what we can do. Greg. Okay. All well, right. And I'm going to try to get a a gentleman on the show here the next couple of weeks. Um, when I was at the uh, the Tullahoma event, uh, I met somebody that you want to talk to, Greg. Yeah, he does this all the time, or he just yes, willing he to fly me around. Well, I don't know if he's willing to fly you, but he does this a lot. All right, pay him off, whatever you got to do. Let's make it happen. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm so scared. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 This is Just Plane Radio. Happy Halloween to you. Hopefully, you're going to make the best of it and throw pumpkins outside your aircraft and try to hit a spot or something. That's that is what they did at one aircraft uh, airport. I forget where it was. I saw it on AOPA Live. And I think that is a, a cool thing. A little twist on the whole, uh, you know, flower drop contest. Uh, there, You take those uh, pumpkins, uh, carved pumpkins, instead of just trashed them, take them up in an aircraft, and then try to hit a target. That would be fun. You guys be would great just, to watch the splat. Heck, yeah. That's just, uh, I mean, that's just good, clean fun right there. Not really clean. However... It would be fun. I wouldn't be the poor, poor slup that'd have to clean up all that mess. But something to consider. 
if you're looking for a fun little fall outing with your aviation community, maybe throw that out there. Maybe it'll catch hold. And, uh, you know, just make sure you have someone else do the cleaning part of it. But a pumpkin carving drop or something, that would be kind of fun. All right, so, uh, you know, we got a couple little shout-outs we got to give to, well, first off, it's the, uh, they they did 100, uh, they topped 100 uh, saves for the Air, Civil Air Patrol. That just happened last week or two. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, for the, la- for the fiscal year, the uh, uh, Civil Air Patrol topped, oh, I think it was 113 saves. In other words, uh, lost hikers, uh, downed aircraft, where they found people and were able to get, uh, you know, rescuers to them. And what was very interesting, you know, everybody knows about Civil Air Patrol and flying around and, you know, using uh, their aircraft to find your uh, your ELT beacon and things like that. But they actually mentioned that a lot of their finds now are actually being done via cell phone location. Almost every pilot that goes out and flies has a cell phone with them, and they're able to use uh, information from the cell networks and GPSs on your phones to narrow down the search area and make it much easier to, to locate these pilots or lost hikers or whatever it is that they're, they're called in to help do. Mm-hmm. So the technology is helping them or more people are getting lost and they're just uh, increasing the numbers. Do we know for sure? <laughs> Could <laughs> be a combination. Really sure. You bring up a good point. You yeah. know, are more people going out into the woods and, you know, ill prepared and, I got my phone. I can get anywhere. Yeah, I don't need a paper map anymore. I just take my phone with me. Siri, where am I? Right, exactly. So uh, there's uh, that. But you know, good, good on them that they're uh, they're doing good work, and that's a good thing. The other thing, uh, Sun and Fun here in Lakeland, right down the street from us, they got a aircraft. They're asking for help to uh what to design design the paint scheme or something what is this yeah, all about it sounds like they're building they have uh built or in the process of building a zenith home built and they're looking for uh anybody to uh, help design the paint scheme for it so come up with your what you would think would look good on a on a zenith high wing uh bush type plane and uh maybe you could wind up seeing that uh paint scheme being put onto an actual airplane and I know this is uh, partnered with Able Flight, which is a, a fine organization uh, in its own right. Uh, so there's a you know a charitable element to this uh, project as well. But you can go to sunandfun.org, and I'm sure you'll find the information on how to participate. But it'd be a good idea. I mean, that has to be one of the hardest things to decide, like what color or what kind of you know paint scheme you want to put on your aircraft. That'd be a tough one for me. I got to tell you. Because there's, there, so there's many entire things. companies that uh, that's their whole pl- you know, whole reason for existing is to help design schemes that are visually appealing and functional. Um, you know, I, I've talked a number of times about uh, scheme designers, and you know that is all they do is take these airplanes, take these ideas, take your thoughts, and figure out a way to make them work on a plane, and also make it possible that somebody can actually paint the design when it's all done. Right. Or you create a wrap, you know, that's... Uh, well, that's starting to become an option as well. But that adds weight. Well, paint adds weight for that matter. So you got to take all that stuff into consideration. But, you know, yeah. the customized type uh, aircraft paint schemes or, you know, if it's a business and you want to have a business aircraft and you want to have your logo all over it or, you know, maybe you're a fan of ACDC and you just want to put, you know, band stuff all over and be like a rock star. 
Or, or maybe you've got a Mooney 201 with three inch end numbers on the back and you want to go to the Bahamas. So you want to make your numbers look more legit. I got to get the 12 inch numbers on there. And so I've actually been talking with Craig over at Scheme Designers and he's got some ideas and I think we're going to get him on the show one of these days to, to talk about how we can incorporate large end numbers into an existing paint scheme on the plane and make it actually look nice. Not like, you know, you and I did coming back from the Bahamas with some electrical tape. Right. Which added its own uh, form of character. I mean, what about that mean, dude? Have you uh, done anything uh, to your 172 or no? What do you think? I've, I've already I've already got 12-inch end numbers. And I've also got a fairly new paint job. dates back to 07. But, uh, I, you know. What color? Who, who needs the big we, end numbers? Uh, we're, we're green. We're, we're, very, we're very green. But who needs, uh, who needs 12-inch end numbers when you got uh, electrical tape on board? That's true. Once again, you know, you could look at it from, hey, uh, I did the electrical tape thing to kind of give it a more rustic, out idling uh, look. Why don't I send you a picture of that and you can take a look at it and you tell me why we don't want to maybe have the yeah, electrical I don't, tape end I don't numbers want to on. be seen in that aircraft again. <laughs> oh, you do. No, I do. It, it, I don't really care. But yeah, I will admit, come on. come on, let's be real. When we landed in Fort Lauderdale after doing this in the Bahamas, and we uh, we we pulled up and taxied up next to a new Cirrus, and they go came out and looked at us and kind of gave us this look like, hmm, interesting uh, tail numbers there, guys. You know, you just felt we felt like I guess crash. it works. This is the comedy made, but <laughs> yes, but it was kind of like, oh, what is that you have there? You know, it was a little. You know, twice, twice the personality and about four times the stories. Good point. See, I like the way you think there, mean dude. That is uh, the way you got to take that too. It's a very subjective thing and very personalized type of uh, decision to make on what, what you want to put on your aircraft. So to each his own, I guess. I'd just say a big picture of me giving a thumbs up. I'd be the only person who'd dig that, I'm sure. But hey, no comment again from either one of you. Okay, we'll just We're leave, leave that there. alone. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. Hi, news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 